is Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the Championship. It's seven points from a possible nine as Pompey get a nervy win over the line. Portsmouth coming into the penalty area. Colby Bishop! Bishop scores! Part with the assist! That's an emphatic finish from Colby Bishop! Colby Bishop with his second goal in as many games in midweek, rifling an effort home with 20 minutes to play against Exeter City. That proves to be the only goal of the game John Lucina believed his side were deserving of a victory in. I'm absolutely thrilled with the three points first and foremost. I thought overall our, our performance really merited it. We were excellent in the first half. The only thing we didn't do is, is put the ball in the back of the net, which obviously is something we need to do. And it was, it was a different story, I think, in the second half. We'll revisit the Gaffer's post-match interview shortly, as well as hear from goalkeeper Will Norris, who's been talking about the partnerships forming in front of him. We've got a lot of talent at heart at this uh, football club and everyone's still gelling. But um, yeah, hopefully as the, as the games go on, we can develop that relationship further. And it's not just the men's next league encounter we look ahead to tonight, but for Pompey women's too. It's our first Pompey Live doubleheader this weekend with both sides in league action and both sides preparing to take on Cheltenham Town on home soil. We'll hear the thoughts of newly appointed captain Hannah Horton on the show this evening. She's been speaking to us about the preparation ahead of Sunday's season opener at Wesley Park. Performance-wise on Sunday, the girls were absolutely phenomenal. Like every pass, every touch, the communication, the tactics from half-time to, to before the game as well were just absolutely spot on. We'd love to hear from you back home tonight as well. It's 81400 on the text, starting your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com Otherwise, include at ExpressFM within your tweets, visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or download the new ExpressFM app where you can send us a written message or even a voice note. You're locked into an hour of Pompey debate and discussion with exclusive interviews on the way too. This is the Football Hour on 93.7 ExpressFM. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Well, a very good evening and welcome to the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. You can also download their app from the Apple App or Google Play Store. You can view up-to-date up-to-date timetable information and also locate the bus stops nearest to your area. Well, on the way tonight, we've just heard from John Bussino, Will Norris and Hannah Horton. We'll have interviews with all three of those. We've got two more Pompey voices on the show between now and seven o'clock to preview not only the men's uh, visit of Cheltenham Town to Fratton Park on Saturday, but also the women's season opener against Cheltenham Town at Wesley Park on Sunday afternoon as well. We'll preview both of those games as well as discuss what happened on Tuesday night at PO4. Exeter City were the opponents at Fratton Park and Andy Moon have a commentary alongside Guy Whittingham. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately pompy commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. We are underway. Great to have you with us. Here's Robertson, 40 yards out. He wants a shot on goal. Robertson drive forward. Does hit it. Decent strike. Good save from Sinisalo. Away to his right. Ogilvy tries to attack it. He gets there ahead of Rankine. He's 40 yards out. He's driving in field there. Ogilvy tries to shoot. Hits it well. Good save from Sinisalo. And hooked away by Exeter. This space on this right side for Pompey, 30 yards out. White's got Rafferty in the overlap. Rafferty with three to aim from the middle. Rafferty's crossed to the near post. Loose ball in the box. Shot for Bishop. Deflects and save. What can Scully do here to the feet of Robertson? Robertson shot. Robertson goes just wide. Perfect control. You just thought he was going to bend it in. Nil-nil. And the ball has gone forward. 
And that is the half-time whistle. Port is in 68% possession with just four shots to Exeter's two. Header back into the danger area. Brought down Scully and hit her. White's already put it wide. And he knows that's a chance. It's still 0-0. Portsmouth coming into the penalty area. Colby Bishop! Bishop scores! Park with the assist. That's an emphatic finish from Colby Bishop. Slammed into the net. The deadlock has been broken. Portsmouth 1, Exeter City 0. Exeter have looked pretty good aerially in the boxes. And it comes in towards the near post. Nodded down, loose and over the bar. And Exeter have flown a great chance. And I think it's Sweeney. Long diagonal towards the penalty area, Exeter win the first header and the second, and there's a chance for Sweeney, it's brilliantly saved by Norris, how has he kept that one out, it's still 1-0, and there is the final whistle, and Portsmouth have beaten Exeter City by a goal to nil, it's seven points from three games to start the new League One season for Portsmouth. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aquacars. The highlights there from midweek as Pompey dispatched Exeter City by a goal to nil at Fratton Park with thanks to Colby Bishop deep into the second half of that match. Other results from midweek include Barnsley 1, Peterborough United 3, Blackpool 0, Port Vale 0, Bolton Wanderers 3, Fleetwood Town 1, Cambridge 1, Stevenage 2, Carlisle United 1, Wigan Athletic 1, Charlton Athletic 1 Bristol Rovers 2 Derby County 1 Oxford United 2 Northampton Town 2 Lincoln City 2 Shrewsbury Town 2 Burton Albion 1 Wickham 3 Leighton Orient 2 and Reading 1 Cheltenham Town 0 and that leaves the Skybet League 1 table after 3 matches looking like this Bolton Wanderers and Peterborough are currently the top 2 both on 9 points 3 wins from their opening 3 league matches in 3rd is Stevenage Pompey's opponent next weekend they also have won uh, each of their three matches so far in the league this season Pompey are up to fourth place on seven points two victories and a draw Cambridge United and Oxford United uh, fifth and sixth respectively Shrewsbury Town and Blackpool uh, and Bristol Rovers just outside of their playoff places down at the bottom Wigan Athletic now on minus one point of course they started the campaign on minus eight two victories and a draw to start them off in the opening three matches Burton Albion Leighton Orient and Cheltenham Town the three sides to have lost all three of their games so far all on zero points and making up the remainder of those relegation places note there Cheltenham Town in 21st position with no points next to their name three defeats in their opening three matches Pompey of course take them on at Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon right let's get straight into the action then and I'm delighted to uh, welcome on to the show this evening uh, Mr Eric Colborn director of course of the Pompey women Eric good evening Good evening, Jake. Great to be here. Yes, and uh, massive weekends that we're all looking forward to as far as the men are concerned, the women's team as mm. well, and of course for World Cup final. We're going to come on to both of those um, a little later on in the show. Eric, we'll, we'll start off with with the men, the, mm. the, the 1-0 victory over Exeter on Tuesday night. One of those games they really had to, to dig in deep and, and, and fight for. Absolutely, yes. It was. Um, it, it's one of those games, wasn't it? It was never going to be easy. Uh, you could see that on the night. Extra were, were a well-organised outfit, and, and and I thought, um, although they didn't offer too much until the end of the game when they were behind, um, they they you know they're, they're well organized and they were they were desperate obviously to, to to keep us out but it's been a great week six points since we spoke last friday jake and uh, you know that that's just well it's, it's fantastic isn't it it is indeed. Alongside Eric Colborne tonight, we do have Hugh Bunce having a few uh, technical difficulties trying to, to reach you up in London, so we'll try and get to him as soon as possible. Uh, Linda Mail on the emails has got in touch already this evening. Thank you, Linda, for doing just that. Uh, she says, It was a good, hard-fought win on Tuesday, a great team performance, and what a match-winning save from Will Norris. Bishop's goal was special. Exeter came and did not park the bus, which made it a good game and was a good advert for League One football. And we won on Sky TV as well play out Pompey Linda thank you very much for your email there we mentioned Eric a hard fought game as, as Linda's referred to as well there a difficult first half was it ever in, in doubt in your mind that in that, in that second 45 Pompey would come out and continue fighting in the way they did because fr- from what I saw leading up to the half time break there was a goal coming it was just a matter of when 
you you got that feeling, Jake, that there was a goal coming. Um, but uh, sometimes football has, has a funny twist to it. You know, uh, you're always worried that the opposition's going to get a breakaway goal or something like that. But I thought the pressure was mounting as as the game went on, nil um, nil. And um, yeah, uh, you know, it's a great goal. Uh, you know, we. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes they're, they're scrappy. Sometimes they're really good, and that was a really good goal to to get, obviously. And um, well done, Colby Bishop, you know, for putting that away. Um, but it could have been more. Obviously, there were just, you know, a few chances that just wouldn't go our way. Mm. But but that's football, and 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 you know, sometimes you win four nil, and sometimes you win one nil. Uh, it's three points either way. It is indeed. Uh, let's hear the post-match assessment now of the Blues head coach. He caught up with our commentator from BBC Radio Solent, Andy Moon, after the full-time whistle on Tuesday night. John, that was hard fought. What did you feel about that win? I, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled with uh, you know, with the three points, first and foremost. I, I thought overall our, our performance really merited it. We were excellent in the first half. The only thing we didn't do is, is put the ball in the back of the net, which obviously is something we, we need to do. And it was, it was a different story, I think, in the second half because Exeter came out. They, they changed a few things at half-time. Uh, I did think it left them a bit more exposed on, on the counter. And, and ultimately, you know, getting that goal at, at the time that we did was, was brilliant. And uh, the only criticism I think I have of the lads is, is number one in the first half, they've, they've really got to put away opportunities before they give um, you know, very smart coaches the chance to, to, to change things. Um, that in the first half, in the second half, once we do get the goal to to really you know um, put a stamp on it and, and get two or three, because we had opportunities, we had some really good opportunities, some really good breaks, and I just think we've got to be better in certain areas. A final criticism, and I don't want to be down on it, was we just didn't manage the game particularly well in the last 10 minutes, and we made some rash decisions. And you know it's a young youngish group, but I still think we've got enough experience on the pitch to to manage that. Um, but on the flip side of that just really really pleased with the fact that I thought we thoroughly deserved it off the back of a, a very different win at the weekend um, travelling coming here and playing as well as we did absolutely thrilled you mentioned mentioned the game you needed a miraculous save at the end from 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 your keeper to, to, to keep that clean sheet yeah and I think it came from either our throw or their throw um, in the corner over here and just things that we, you know, we, we didn't do particularly well in terms of um, seeing the game out, and, and I felt that I, mean, I have to watch everything back. But I felt that any opportunity that, that Exeter had, we, we really gifted them. And I know, I know, head coaches and managers say that all the time. But um, you know, we had them locked into the corner. We we, we let them out. I, I think it was their throw. Um, and yeah, Will Norris um, digs us out of it. So, um, you know, really, really pleased that that obviously happened. But we have to be better because um, you know, more often than not, that possibly goes into the back of the net and we come away thinking how have we drawn that game 1-1 um, you know, we really really need to be better in some of those moments Colby's shown yet again that he's just deadly when he's given half a chance yeah and um, you know absolutely thrilled with Colby's performance um, forget the goal the way that he leads the line in terms of his work rate I, I think uh, you know, we looked at it at the weekend um, he's you know, he sets the tone for the press. Um, he's physical. He's strong. He doesn't stop running. And when he gets a chance, he puts it in the back of the net. So we've we've been working a lot on um, you know, pressing the, the guys to create more chances for Colby. One of the things at the back end of last season was we, we didn't create enough for him. And he still put the ball in the back of the net when he had chances. The, the Derby game is a great example. One chance, one goal. Um, if we can create a bit more for him, we know what a threat he is. So um, yeah, really, really thrilled for him tonight. Full debut for Alex Robertson. What did you make of him? I thought he was outstanding, uh, considering uh, the fact that it was it was his his full league debut. Um, oh yes, sorry, his full debut, wasn't it? Um, first time he's he's played 90 minutes. Uh, also, first time he started a game over in, in this country um, competitively. Uh, just the the adjustment, having watched a lot of Premier League two, the adjustment from that to to league football is is vast, um, and. Man City thankfully prepare the, the young lads really, really well to be able to do that. Um, and I thought he grew into the game and he become, became more and more of a threat as the game went on. Um, you know, he may be tired a bit and, and the challenge, he's got to learn to stay on his feet um, and not take the booking, but, but overall, um, I thought he was excellent. Well, you just mentioned Tom Larry's due to see a specialist today. Is there any update on his condition? Yeah, it was, it was as we, we, we expected. So Tom's due for surgery on Thursday. Uh, there is a, a window in terms of the recovery that's probably looking uh, likely to be three to five months unfortunately and that does depend on what they find when they get in there um, because it's a meniscus injury so really really unfortunate i'm um, really unlucky again you know i've got to stress it it's not a 
um, a niggly hamstring, groin, anything like that. It's a meniscus injury. There's absolutely nothing you could have done about it. So uh, he'll come back a lot stronger. But it's, yeah, it's a blow for everyone. Will you look to get another midfielder in? I'm uh, not sure. We'll we'll have to assess where we are and and see if we do. Then then we want to make sure that it's the right the right player. We sort of um, ironically decided, I think, on the Friday before the Bristol Rovers game that we were pretty much done. Um, I'm sorry, I, I say that. It, it was um, slightly after that when we got Alex in the building, we thought we were done. 24 hours later, we get the um, we get the news that Tom's go to see the specialist. So I'm not entirely sure at the minute. Now we've got that news. I think we're going to um, knock our heads together and, and see where we go from there. Blues head coach John Musino speaking there to uh, Andy Moon after the full-time whistle uh, on Saturday, uh, on Tuesday evening rather there. Um, Eric, uh, Tom Lowry, we heard there, the injury to him expected to be out between three to five months due to requiring knee surgery. Really not the news anyone wanted to hear. Absolutely not, Jake. Absolutely not. That's um, that's a big shame. It, it, it's... It, it, it's terrible for the lad the or you can say you know obviously wish him well and and, and hope he gets back as quickly as possible um, but obviously it's going to give somebody else the the opportunity to to step in and, and show what they can do and, and and let's hope that that's a positive absolutely also some news coming from this week uh, also reported by our friend and colleague andy moon uh, paddy lane uh, back on the grass and in training so uh, tob larry expected to be out for for a, quite an extended time now due to needing that surgery but uh, promising for the Blues that Paddy Lane could be returning sooner rather than later. Right after the break uh, we're going to hear more from Eric and hopefully we'll get Hugh on the line as well but we'll also turn our attention to the Pompey women. I caught up with uh, their new captain earlier this morning ahead of a big game on Sunday afternoon. I didn't expect it at all so when Jay asked me to be I was I was taken back a little bit uh, I genuinely, I can't put it into words how proud and how honoured I am to be captain of this fantastic team. It's just amazing. It's, it's quite surreal. More from Hannah Horton ahead of Sunday's visit of Cheltenham Town for the Pompey women in their first league match of the season, as well as myself, Eric and hopefully Hugh, as we not only preview that one, but also the big game down under. The Lionesses take on Spain in the World Cup final. We'll be looking ahead to the big occasion when the Football Hour returns after a short break. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome back to this evening's instalment of the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you by Stagecoach across the South. You can download their app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to view up-to-date timetable information and the latest offers in your area. Well, that's not the only app I'd advise you get either. The all-new Express FM app allows you to do a whole host of stuff in just one place. You can look at the station's schedule for up to a week in advance, listening in to live shows and uh, also past ones that have been uploaded ad- as podcasts. And of course, you can get in touch with us right here in the studio too, either by typing a message or recording a voice note as well. So why not take advantage of these fantastic features and send in your messages, questions and predictions? We quite literally want to hear from you on the show tonight. Alternatively, of course, you can text Express and your message to 81400, email sport at expressfm.com, use at expressfm within your tweets or find us at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Attention now turns to the Portsmouth women. Uh, they kick off their new league campaign this Sunday afternoon at Wesley Park. Kickoff 3pm moved due to the Women's World Cup final down in Sydney. Eric Colborne, director of the Pompey women, joins us on the Football Hour tonight. Eric, um, I think it goes without saying, the excitement of this game, uh, the Pompey women's game, of course, is, uh, has been building for quite some time. Absolutely, Jake, yes. Um, the uh 
the the enthusiasm and and the anticipation um, has has been growing um, over the last well three or four weeks now. Um, you know, everybody can't wait for this first game. It should be a cracker, uh, and I'm really, really you know looking forward to seeing the the team that um, Jay puts out there on Sunday and and what they can produce for us. How much added excitement is there this season due to, of course, the news that's broke over the course um, of the summer pre-season schedule, Eric, that you know now the Pompey women are under the wing uh, of the Tenante ownership, like the men's mm. are. Does this bring um, sort of added expectation this season or, or in seasons beyond? Yes, I would say, Jake, that to that question, to be honest. Uh, obviously, uh, it's a game changer. Uh, it's just simply a game changer. We've been able to contract our players for the first time ever, which basically means that uh, we, you know, in, in the past we could lose a player at a week's notice, to be honest with you. It was that ridiculous. And it's so difficult to keep your best players because teams from well, above you and, and, and even around you could just literally step in and and, and 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 try and persuade one of your players to move at seven days notice um so th- to, to be able to contract our players and we've managed to contract I think it's 13 or 14 players from last season and we've brought in an, another um, six new players uh, and uh, uh, they're all contracted now for the, for at least one year if not more and um you know that that's fantastic it means we've got a settled squad everybody knows what they're doing uh, and it, it's been it's been so it's like a breath of fresh air because you know exactly how you stand you're not in this situation oh you know blimey somebody's going to come in next week and nick one of your players uh you know that's gone now this is absolutely game changing for us and uh, in regards to the pre-season schedule, of course, it was rounded off last Sunday with a 7-0 victory over Swansea City. We're going to hear uh, the thoughts of the new captain, Hannah Horton, in just a moment. But how have you found the pre-season testing ahead of the new campaign? Yes, I mean, it's it, it, it's been excellent. Um, uh, it was a great performance from the girls last Sunday we, we looked really good we were the goals I thought were some exceptional goals in the game um, we're really playing some great entertaining football Jake and that's that's the what I love about it we're playing entertaining football there's so many players out there that are so exciting and uh, and you know obviously the 13 or 14 players from last season they're, they've been sort of improving all the time, yeah. needless to say, um, and blending that with the sort of six new players that Jay's brought in. This is a really, really exciting side playing some fantastic football. And, and, and as I say, we just can't wait for Sunday to get you know to get kicked off and uh, and see you know obviously against teams in our league how good we actually are. Yeah, and we, we mentioned there as well Hannah Horton, the uh, the goalkeeper, has been named as the new captain for the upcoming campaign is that of course a decision you back with Jay but what, mm. what do you think that she can bring to the team now that she's got that armband on, on, on her on her on her arm <laughs> yeah. well Hannah's experienced uh, you know she's a great goalkeeper uh, you know everybody says she's the best goalkeeper in the league and, and I certainly would agree with that uh, but she also brings that um, it's great on a game day fantastic but it's all about what they do in training and and Hannah is a excellent trainer she she practices and practices her art all the time uh, out there uh, she's the first into training she leads by example and that's what you want from a captain you want someone who leads by example and Hannah gets it she really gets it at this club and um, of course, Sunday's game moved to a three o'clock kickoff from the uh, usual time slot, two p.m. Eric, that's yep. to accommodate the the World Cup final, the England, the Lionesses. So we're going to come on to talk about uh, that World Cup final in a few moments' time. But important for not only the fans but also you know the, the team to be able to watch that game as well ahead of you know the big kickoff against Cheltenham. Yes, absolutely. Um, we wanted to make certain that the fans could could watch the game. Obviously, we don't know whether it's going to be a ninety minutes or. There could be extra time, there could be penalties. 
and you know how long that sometimes takes and we were worried that the game would roll on past the or towards the two o'clock kickoff and what we didn't want was obviously um, people um, sort of obviously watching the game at home and then trying to rush down to, you know to, to watch this sort of thing so we wanted to give them a reasonable time and by moving that kickoff back an hour to three o'clock that has given us that time uh, and it, it, we've obviously tried to make it as easy as possible for people there's um, a special um uh, sort of well, sunday day if you like at, at uh, westley park you can watch the england lionesses in the westley pub before the game but, you know they're doing a special on they're opening at 10 30 for the kickoff at 11 o'clock and then obviously um you can watch the whole game and then make your way into into the uh, westley park for, for our game at three o'clock fantastic stuff eric holborn thank you very much do sit tight we'll be back with you in just a few moments time but now it's time to hear from the captain herself hannah horton i caught up with hannah earlier today well hannah a brand new season just on the horizon with the women's side now coming under the umbrella of the tolante leadership which has in turn sealed her semi-professional status is there a bit more of a buzz ahead of a new campaign than perhaps there usually would be absolutely especially in terms of there's there's almost a well, there is. There's a whole new level of professionalism. So we, we're training three times a week. It's it's high intense. Everything's thought about in the background, in the build-up to it. So Jay's working 24-7, thinking about what he's going to be coaching us on, what our tactical outputs are going to be. Um, and you can just tell from the, from the way that the girls hold themselves, they're proud to be semi-pro. And it, you just get that extra bit. You get that extra push when you're when you're training and when you're playing. Added excitement on a personal note for yourself now too, I would imagine. You've been named as the team's captain for the new season. How proud are you to have been assigned this role? Oh, massively, and I didn't expect it at all. So when Jay asked me to be, I was I was taken back a little bit. Uh, I genuinely, I can't put it into words how proud and how honoured I am to be captain of this fantastic team. It's just amazing. It's, it's quite surreal. A strong end to pre-season last weekend with a 7-0 win over Swansea. How well have these friendlies prepared the side for the year ahead? Yeah, look, you can't take scorelines into much consideration because it is pre-season. But every single game that Jay's organised for us, we've been we've been able to get our what we wanted out of the game, our outcomes out of the game, the tactical aspect, the physical aspects out of them. So he's done really well in preparation for that. But like I said, you can't take results in into that, but Performance-wise, on Sunday, the girls were absolutely phenomenal. Like Every pass, every touch, the communication, the tactical side of things, the tactics from half-time to, to before the game as well were just absolutely spot on. Now, from this season, the league winners will automatically be promoted to the Championship rather than having to compete in a playoff with the winners of the Northern section. With this in mind, as well as the lineup of the league, is there an expectation amongst the squad that promotion this year is a realistic aim? Look, when you get when you get given a semi-professional title, you have coaches coming in, uh, especially with the new backing from the club as well, and the signings that we've made. Eyes eyes are going to be looking on us, but as always, we take one game at a time. And as a player, uh, I think anybody would be lying to say that you, a promotion's not in your in your goals, but. We genuinely will take each game as it comes. We're not going to look too far ahead. We only focus on ourselves. We're not going to listen to the outside noise. And we'll do what we did last last season and just focus on us and hopefully do really, really well. Take us into the camp then. What's the mood been like around the team this week in the build-up to Sunday's kickoff? Oh, absolutely buzzing. Like, this is what we've been waiting for. It's the start of our, start of our season. Everybody's excited. Everybody's determined. The amount of energy that's flowing around, like we've had two so far, two really, really buzzy training sessions. And yeah, everybody's just excited, looking forward to it. Especially there's Women's World Cup just before our game as well, which we're going to be able to watch. Um, and then to kickstart our league campaign. So yeah, really looking forward to it. And so is everybody else. And you mentioned it there, kickoff on Sunday has been moved to three o'clock to allow for fans to watch the Lionesses compete in that World Cup final. It's been a great tournament, hasn't it? Great to see England now so close to bringing football home. How much of an inspiration would this have had on girls' football in the country, regardless of what happens in the final? Oh, it's going to be massive. Look at the difference from when they've won the Euros to now as well. 
So regardless if they win on Sunday or not, what they've achieved is something extraordinary, especially with all the adversity that they've had to throw their way with key starters out with long-term injuries. So they've almost had to reshape, not a completely new squad, but there's a fair few new starters in there, which is difficult alone, let alone let alone to go through the tournament unbeaten and now you're in a World Cup final. Like This isn't just a mid-season cup or anything. This is the World Cup. Like An England team has not been in the World Cup's final since 1966. So what they've done is nothing short of exceptional. And finally, kick-off move for the fans. But are you allowed to watch the game? What's the plan for the team in, in preparation for not only Sunday's kick-off against Cheltenham, but also to be able to watch maybe uh, the World Cup final as well? I'm, I'm sure you're all eager to be able to catch that. Yeah, so really kind of haven't. We will have our our own room um, so we can sit and watch the game together as a team. Um, we can talk, obviously not like during it, but in the breaks and whatnot, we can prepare for our game. Um, we'll have some breakfast there as well. So yeah, we, we're able to watch the game. We can still prepare for ours as well. A big thank you to the newly appointed captain of the Pompey women's Hannah Horton uh, speaking with myself earlier today, previewing their big game against Cheltenham Town on Sunday afternoon. Three o'clock kickoff moved uh, from the original time slot of two o'clock to allow for supporters to catch the World Cup final, uh, which of course is being held in Sydney. England, the Lionesses, they will take on Spain after they were victorious by three goals to one over Australia on Wednesday morning. And if you've been living under a rock, Here's how that went down. Have just about managed to keep that in. Taken down by Russo. Great play. It's turned. Oh, wow! Ella Toon with an absolute pile driver. She has shown up to this tournament now. Russo dispossess. Sam Kerr on the charge. Up against Millie Bright. Kerr goes for it. Twenty minutes of the ninety to go. Hemp trying to latch onto this one. Hemp gives England their lead back. Fantastic play from Hemp from a standing start. She's still going, accelerating away. What a pass that is! It's Russo. Absolutely sublime. And England are heading for the World Cup. How fantastic does that sound? England are heading for the World Cup final. The first time they'll have done so since 1966, of course. Uh, the men victorious over West Germany in that one. Uh, England in the World Cup final uh, for the women's uh, on Sunday. Eric Colborne alongside us tonight. Hugh Bunce also uh, joining us over Zoom call. We've managed to grab Zoom. Uh, uh, Hugh on there. Uh, Hugh, welcome. Just to bring you in, first of all. Hi, Jake. Thanks for having me on. It's from, uh, it's better late than never, eh? Exactly, yeah. Great to hear your voice. We're only 37 minutes into the show, but hey-ho, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, Hugh, we just played the highlights uh, from uh, courtesy of the BBC there from Wednesday morning's victory for the Lionesses over Australia, the hosts, and uh, one of the one of the, one of of the the better sides within the tournament as well, Australia. There are no, there are no pushovers, but fantastic achievement, isn't this, Hugh, for, for the women to reach the final for the first ever time? Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, isn't it? And there's always been a lot of sort of pressure on the team, I suppose, from obviously winning the Euros, etc. And they've got a really tough team to play against in Spain. Obviously, you just got to hope that um, we can do it on the day. Absolutely. Um, for, uh, 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh... British time, that is Eric, of course, on Sunday. Uh, the England women, they had to get past Haiti, Denmark and China in the group stages, winning all three of those matches, 1-0, 1-0 and 6-1 respectively. In the round of 16, a penalty shootout victory over Nigeria after a 0-0 draw after 90 minutes and extra time. A narrow victory over Colombia in the quarter-final stage and then, of course, a 3-1 win over Australia at the semi-final stage on Wednesday morning, going one goal ahead. Uh, Australia put a one back through Sam Kerr and Excellent strike from outside of a box, uh, but then England were dominant in that second half to secure the victory in progression to Sunday's final. Eric, it's a it's mon monumental achievement for the women's to to even get to this final, but to actually go on and win this would be historic, and and that is a pure understatement. 
Oh, absolutely, Jake. Um, you, you, you know, you're just dreaming, aren't you? That when the tournament started, everyone was talking about how far they could go, and uh, you know, people were sort of suggesting that that um, it was going to be very, very difficult with the the route uh, to, to to the final to to get anywhere close to the final. You know, and people were talking about, you know, could we get to the quarterfinals, uh, past the quarterfinals. Um, and I think a, a lot of people felt that probably semi-final was uh, possibly going to be the, um, you know, the, the benchmark. So to find ourselves having, you know, gone past everybody now and, and, and well, obviously Spain now standing our way is phenomenal. And, and if we could could do it on on sunday then yes i mean it's going to be just amazing for the game going forward and um with uh, such a fantastic record at the helm serena Wiegmann, uh eric she she won england women the the euros last year mm-hmm. for the first ever time in a fantastic game at wembley against germany and um, then of course the finalisma against brazil the winners of the euros versus the winners of the south american tournament mm-hmm. um so that again another trophy to add to the collection and uh, of course a world cup final coming up this weekend a record serena Wiegmann since taking charge of england in september 2021 38 matches 30 victories, 7 draws and only 1 defeat that was sole loss coming against Australia in a friendly to prepare for this exact tournament a goal difference out of those 38 games of 136 a win percentage of 78.95 it's uh, again another uh, sort of un- underestimation Eric of the fantastic job that Serena Vegan has done with the England women the Lionesses and, and quite really obvious reason why many are, are tipping her potentially to, to go on to, to other things potentially with the men's side as well if she can do it for the women why not take up that <laughs> responsibility for, for the men in 20, 2026 well yes there we go there's <laughs> there's the question isn't it um but no she she's done a phenomenal job and of course if if she's successful on on sunday she would equal um jill ellis's record of two world cups mm-hmm. of course Serena will have done it with two different teams in yeah. Norway and ourselves, but um, that that's just phenomenal, isn't it? It is absolutely amazing. The best of luck to the Lionesses on Sunday. Reminder: kickoff uh, in Sydney and British time is 11 a.m. England women against Spain in the World Cup final. A uh, big congratulations to the side for even reaching this stage of a tournament. Uh, but a massive, massive good luck ahead of kickoff on Sunday morning. Right, we heard a short while ago from the Pompey women's goalkeeper and new captain Hannah Horton, but let's now hear from another Blues goalkeeper. Matt Drabble has been speaking to Will Norris ahead of this weekend's clash for the men with Cheltenham Town. Will, where else to start? Two clean sheets in your last two games. You must be feeling good. Yeah, really pleased with the start. Um, yeah, I say two from three. If we keep that ratio going, it'll be a, it'll be a good season. One save in particular stands out from Tuesday. Talk us through that reflex save at the end. It seemed like it was a big moment for yourself. Yeah, it was big. It was. Uh, I was just saying. No, I don't think I didn't think I got enough on it. But uh, yeah, it was just relieved to see the ball just nip past the post and uh, yeah, sort of all the emotion come out after that. Regan Paul and Connor Shaughnessy had another strong game in front of you. How's that relationship developing with the back line? Yeah, it's good. Um, obviously, we've got a, a lot of talented at heart at this uh, football club, and everyone's still gelling. But um, yeah, hopefully, as the as the games go on, we can develop that relationship further. Yeah. Up the other end of the pitch, having someone like Colby Bishop that can take a chance does that fill you with confidence as a keeper? Yeah, it does. Yeah, he can he can take chances. He's he's ex- extremely well-rounded striker. He what he offers off the ball as well, and his pressing and, and and just everything that he brings to the table that doesn't necessarily get noticed. It's only sort of measured in goals for strikers, but. What he does give us is uh, is uh, is loads. How are you adapting to life under John Messina? How are you finding what the manager's asking to do in terms of distribution, in terms of playing out the back? Yeah, no, I'm uh, really enjoying it. I'm, I'm comfortable uh, comfortable in those moments. Um, like I say, they're not asking me to do things that I'm not comfortable in, and and wasn't sort of aren't asking me to do things that wasn't outlined to me when they were doing their recruitment and when I spoke to uh, the manager in the summer. Another challenge Saturday against Cheltenham. How the squad fitting ahead of that one? Yeah, I think we're confident. You know, we've got uh, come off the back of two good results. Um, obviously, Tuesday night on the telly, and you know, I need to manage the emotion of it and 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 come back down to earth and 
and respect the opposition and put in a good performance. Just got to start all over again. Shot stopper Will Norris speaking there with Matt Drabble at the Blues training facility earlier on Thursday afternoon. Eric Colbert alongside us tonight. Eric, uh, thank you very much for joining us. I know you've got to shoot off now um, for for other duties this evening. Um, just uh, you had one more one more thing to say before you do depart us. Yes, just to remind everybody that's bought season tickets that they will be able to pick them up on Sunday at the game before the game. And if you're not able to make it on Sunday, they will be posted to you uh, beginning of next week. Thank you very much, Eric Colbert. It's been a pleasure, as always, to have you on the show with us this evening. If you've got anything to add tonight, don't be afraid to let us know. Get in touch. There's plenty of ways to do so. So what's your excuse? You can either text your thoughts and score predictions to 81400, starting with the word express. Otherwise, you can send an email to sport at expressfm.com. Use at expressfm if Twitter is more your thing. On Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. And on the ExpressFM app, you can send us a voice message so we can quite literally hear what you've got to say this evening. Well, don't go anywhere. We've got a roundup of tonight's discussion and a little look ahead to the men's league one encounter with Cheltenham Town at Fratton Park when we return for the third and final part of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7 pm every day, you can take advantage of a night rider ticket taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Good day and welcome to the final part of tonight's edition of the Football Hour, brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South, getting you across the South Coast with ease and at affordable prices too. So far this evening, we've gone over the events of Tuesday's 1-0 win for Pompey over Exeter City, previewed the women's inaugural fixture of their new league campaign and also looked ahead to Sunday's World Cup final between the Lionesses and Spain in Sydney. 11am kickoff in the UK if you live under a rock and weren't aware of that one. But moving on now to our final game to preview this coming weekend and it's one that kicks us off. Tomorrow afternoon, John Messina side welcome Cheltenham Town to the South Coast for match day number four of the new League One season. The Robins haven't quite been at the races so far this campaign. Kirsty Roxanne can tell us more. After Tuesday's 1-0 win over Exeter, the Blues make a swift return to Fratton Park. This time, Cheltenham Town the visitors for Pompey's second home match this week. Pompey Live, this week's opposition... That midweek victory ensured John Massino's side maintained their unbeaten start to the season, collecting their third consecutive win to add on to the 1-1 draw with Bristol Rovers on the opening day. Their opponents for league match day in number four have slightly differing fortunes. Let's dive into that now, starting with their gaffer. Manager. The Robins are managed by 44-year-old Wade Elliott. He was appointed at the helm of the club in June 2022, following the departure of Michael Duff at Wadham Road. Elliot had initially joined Cheltenham as a coach in September 2020, but was promoted to the role of head coach just over a year ago. This is his first manager role at a senior side, having previously taken charge of the Bristol City under-21s and Stoke City under-23s. The former midfielder, who is best known for his football league experiences with AFC Bournemouth and Burnley between the years of 2000 and 2011, hails from the wrong side of the M27. Elliot was born in Southampton and came through their youth academy, graduating from it in 1994. One to watch. 33-year-old midfielder Liam Sercombe is always a player who needs monitoring. Sercombe has been in the professional game, causing problems for EFL sides since 2007, when he was promoted from the Exeter City Academy to their first team. Since then, he has also represented Oxford United and Bristol Rovers, registering 500 league appearances and plenty more in the cup and trophy competitions too. Sercombe, who arrived at Cheltenham in August 2020, will be the player wearing the number eight shirt at PO4 this weekend. Top scorer. To put it simply, Cheltenham do not have a top scorer. Robins have failed to score a single goal in any of their four matches in league and cup this season. Last year's top scorer in the league, Alfie May, has since moved on and signed for League One rivals Charlton Athletic. It's clear that Wade Elliott's side are so far struggling to find a source of goals since May's departure earlier this summer. Current form. Cheltenham could not have gotten off to a worse start this season. 
Wade Elliott's outfit have struggled to find the back of the net this campaign, registering zero goals across their four games in all competitions this far. On top of this, the Robins have failed to keep opposition attacks at bay, losing all of their matches played as well. They were knocked out of the Carabao Cup by Birmingham City on home soil, losing that one by two goals to nil. In the league, Cheltenham occupied 21st position following a 1-0 defeat at Shrewsbury on the opening day, which was followed by a 3-0 thrashing by Bolton and a 1-0 loss to Redden in their previous match on Tuesday evening. The form guide indicates this should be a routine win for the Blues, but will that be the case? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Big thank you to Kirsty for providing us that insight into Wade Elliott's Cheltenham Town. Without a goal, without a point, without any, without anything this season so far. Hugh Bunce on the show alongside us for the next 10 minutes or so. Hugh, um, just quickly, want to get your thoughts from Tuesday's game. We, we couldn't quite get you on the show a bit earlier tonight due to some technical difficulties. But, but how would you have summarised the Blues' performance against Exeter in midweek? It was a good performance, wasn't it? Solid at the back. thought Packer Morell did really well in the midfield. Just sort of being very solid. I mean, the back line looks looks really good, doesn't it? Regan Paul, what a player he is. And Connor Shaughnessy's actually really impressed with his ball passing as well as his sort of heading and the sort of game we knew he had already. I was a little bit concerned the game from Burton because they play quite deep, hmm. that he wouldn't have that sort of ability. But between the two of them, they look absolutely solid. And Alex Robertson as well, coming into the middle, really gives us that different dynamic element we didn't have before as well. You know, little things like when he sort of skipped through a few players and then played that lovely pass through to, to Anthony Scully, who unfortunately didn't get on the end of it. And, and then again, he drove past two players and got that shot away. That's something we've been missing a little bit in the centre of midfield. It's been a little bit flat, even though we had some quite good centre midfielders. I think just generally we're looking good, aren't we? Options off the bench are good as well. I thought Kamara came on, looked lively. What a nutmeg that was. Mm. That was tasty, even though the ball got away from him and definitely wasn't a penalty. But... And then Will Norris in goal. He looks solid. I like his distribution. He plays the ball out really well. Um, yeah, so Joe, overall, I think it's a pretty good win. Yeah. Kirsty Roxanne, who you just heard on this week's opposition there, um, she got in touch with the show uh, on Tuesday night. She said, uh, Scully stood out for me, had control over his defender, won most, if not all, of his challenges and made himself open all the time. Didn't stop looking for the ball and made great advances pushing forward. Didn't put a foot wrong, in my opinion. Uh, but it goes to show that football is an opinions game. Jeff Harris on Twitter, uh, who says it's early to, to really tell, but I'm not convinced by Scully at the moment. If only we can get the Lincoln version uh, that he uh, that he showed himself there, then he might come good to us. So yeah, football really is an opinions game. Uh, both uh, Kirsty and Jeff having their say on Anthony Scully there. Um, Hugh Tom Lowry out for between three to five months due to requiring knee surgery. What, what are your thoughts on that one? Because Pompey are obviously well equipped to be able to deal with that at the moment, but nonetheless, it's a it's a horrific sort of news to hear this afternoon. Hugh's gone. <laughs> we'll try and get Hugh back. Okay, oh no, back. there he is. There Sorry. he is. Hugh, you Sorry, scared Jake. me then. You know, you scared me because Eric's gone. You'd gone. Oh, I, had enough. I was on my own for the next few minutes. No, go ahead, Hugh. Uh, Tom Lowry, we were just saying there, injured uh, and obviously out for the next three to five months due to needing that surgery. Very difficult news to hear. Yeah, it's sad for Tom, isn't it? First of all, he's obviously a talented player and the fans like him, etc. But at this stage, you look at who we've got in that position and it's, it's a fairly well-stocked position, isn't it? I think going forward we'll just have to see if he can come back into the team you know around Christmas or whatever and hopefully he can stay fit this time but it's not it's not a position that I'm particularly worried about and you know there's, that's the silver lining obviously doesn't make any better for Tom but going forward we should be okay and just hopefully he recovers What are you expecting from John Messino's side tomorrow afternoon then Hugh uh, Cheltenham Town but visitors they haven't scored a goal this season and as a result they've lost all three of their league matches and their Carabao Cup first round tie as well um, we know that with these kind of stats heading into the match Pompey on beta looking pretty good it can always swing in the, the other way can't it and you, you've still got to be alert and on top of your game to ensure that you get you get the win that is uh, probably expected of you yeah exactly but uh, to be honest I don't think this is one we should be too worried about at all and I was chatting with some Chelton Town um, podcasters about this as well and they're pretty gloomy about it they're pretty toothless going forward since losing Alfie May. You know, they've had to players like Oliver Hammond. He's a 20-year-old guy who came in from Knott's Forest. It's his first loan and he's a box-to-box midfielder, really. But he's having to play high up the pitch and support the attack on the right wing. That You know, their wing-backs haven't been playing great either. And that's where they get a lot of joy. They're going to park the bus. They're going to play very defensive and try and hit us wide and, and then get balls into the box. 
They've got Curtis Davis at the back. You know, he's an experienced defender. He's had a few shockers earlier on in, in this season against Bolton and he's 38 years old. So you think there's got to be a bit of joy for our sort of skillful, tricky players. And I think maybe someone like Alex Robertson getting on the board in advanced positions might be the key to us unlocking a team that will probably be looking at a back five rather than a back three for long periods of the game. Mm. Um, it was sort of a back five we saw from Exeter in midweek as well, wasn't it, Hugh? So you'd like to think from a from a Blues perspective, they'll be pretty well prepared for that one when, when Cheltenham come uh, to, to Fratton Park on Saturday. And important as well that Pompey make Fratton Park a fortress this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a game that they're not as well drilled as Exeter. They're not as talented as well in transition. and They literally don't look great going forward. Rob Street's okay. He played for Shrewsbury last season. Doesn't look too bad a player. They've only got four goals for them in, in quite a few appearances. So toothless going forward. They're not creating enough chances either. They'll be hoping to come and hang on to a nil-nil. And I think if if a goal goes in, the floodgates will open. And if we are speaking about score predictions there, Hugh, we've had a couple of coming in uh, on the social media platforms. Marcus on the emails is going for a 2-1 Pompey victory. Steve on Facebook reckons this will be a 3-0 Pompey victory. And uh, also uh, Keith on Facebook is going for a 3-0 victory as well. The overwhelming uh, sort of expectation for this one, Hugh, is that Pompey will win this game and win this match comfortably as well. Um, what what would your prediction be? And, and in terms of who starts the game, a positive selection headache for John Bassino as he ha- as he's had over the last couple of weeks. Who starts, in your opinion, and what do you reckon the score will be? I'd like to see. Um, I'm going to say it's three now, and with the guys there who came in as well, I said three now for this game. I think we'll get a goal, and if we, the earlier we get a goal, the better. Obviously, it's obvious. But who's going to start? Maybe I'd like to see Kamara come in. Unlike somebody messaged in earlier on, I wasn't that convinced. And Anthony Scully, a bit more with Jeff on that one. Uh, I feel like he needs more of an attacking left back to play behind him so he can come inside and be a lot more of an inside forward, which hasn't really worked out for us at this moment in time. So I'd like to see Kamara be given a go in one of those three sort of positions up front. And Robertson has to start again, same in midfield, I'd say. And apart from that, I think we just keep rolling it out like it was in the last game. Hugh, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to have you on, as it always is, uh, even if it's just for half an hour tonight. I do apologise for the technical difficulties earlier. We got there in the end. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for calling in. And, uh, yeah, have a fantastic weekend. Thanks, Jake. Always a pleasure chatting to you, mate. Hugh Bunce there from the PO Forecast. You can listen back uh, to their latest podcast. You can search them on Twitter at Pompey News now uh, for any further information on the podcast they release. It's a fantastic listen. Um, hopefully you enjoy us as well as you do them as well. Hugh Bunce, thank you very much for calling in tonight. Also, thank you to Eric Colborne. Pompey Live will be back tomorrow afternoon for part one of a Pompey Live weekend at Cheltenham Town at Fratton Park. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey live. It's back-to-back wins for Portsmouth in League One. Portsmouth coming into the penalty area. Pompey Bishop! Bishop scores! Park with the assist. That's an emphatic finish from Colby Bishop. Slammed into the net. They remain at Fratton Park next to take on Cheltenham Town. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from 2. Pompey live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. That's right, part one of a Pompey Live doubleheader this weekend. Cheltenham Town, the men, travelled to Fratton Park on Saturday for a three o'clock kickoff um, against the Blues. Uh, we've got coverage of that one starting from two o'clock, live from PO4. Myself, Robbie James and Dean Adams to cover match day number four of the Pompey Men's Skybet League One season. And then on Sunday, it's a later kickoff for the Pompey Women, a 3pm kickoff also, this time at Wesley Park. Again, Pompey Live returning from 2pm to cover um, Jay Sadler's side's first game of the brand new season, the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. They also take on, funnily enough, Cheltenham Town in that one. Kickoff, as I mentioned, move to 3 o'clock to accommodate for the World Cup final. That's right, the Lionesses in action Sunday morning, 11am British summertime. They take on Spain in the World Cup final, the first World Cup final any England side men's or women's has got since 1966 any senior side that is of course had success for the uh, for the men's under 21s of course over recent years but in preparation for that one just the biggest biggest of good lucks to the lionesses serena vegan and her side ahead of sunday's world cup final we'll all be rooting for you but until the next time pompey fans thank you very much for tuning in it's been a pleasure as always take care and play up pompey good night